Hello and welcome to another edition of Deeper. And it is great to, to welcome back, actually, Beck, who's been uh, away for a week. Hi, Beck. How are you doing? Hello. Yes, it's good to be back. Uh, I haven't seen the sermon yet because I've been away for the week. So I'm looking forward to digging into the passage and then catching up on what you had to say later on. Yeah. And to be fair, you haven't seen the sermon, not because you didn't try. You did try. It just went out late. Uh, apologies to everyone who tried to uh, get the sermon. Uh, I was on editing this week and um, yeah, I messed it up. Uh, my poor old laptop is struggling to, to keep up with the demands of video editing. So uh, it has gone out um, just a bit later than normal. So sorry about that. Um, and also apologies to those who gave comments because we had some great comments and uh, for whatever reason, uh, I just couldn't get them into uh, the video. So uh, we'll have to ask you again. So uh, here we are, Psalm 133. Uh, Beck's coming at this cold, but she's just fresh out of uh, college. She knows all this stuff inside out uh, without any prep. Well, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> Honestly, we all came out of college knowing absolutely nothing, but there you go. So uh, we're going to do what we normally do. We're going to ask you to read the Psalm, um, read it maybe a couple of times, maybe even read it in a couple of versions. Uh, so why don't you press pause, read Psalm 133, and then restart the video. Right. So let's go through it verse by verse, which won't take long. But I always say that, don't I? Three verses. Um, so uh, hopefully everyone's heard my sermon. Um, hopefully. Uh, so let's go with you, Beck, first. Uh, what are you seeing in Psalm and verse one? And um, what do you want to draw out of it? So a couple of things for me. Um, it's this challenge of the idea of unity. And, and what does unity look like? Does it have to look like uniformity? Do we all have to be the same to be united with one another? Do we all have to agree on everything um, to be united with each other? Um, and I don't think we do. I think one of the really brilliant things about Christian unity is that we can have good disagreement alongside that where we continue to love and respect and honor one another but where we're also um able to express different views and enrich our walk and faith as we sort of discuss and consider those things yeah, really. yeah. and people get a bit afraid of some of, some of the unity talk because it does sound like we all have to be the same uh, and we all have to worship the same and all that kind of stuff which obviously it isn't um but yeah it's it is a it's a Big word and a big task, especially in the, ch I mean, we're part of the Anglican Church and the Anglican Church is pretty divided over a number of big issues at the moment and um, struggling to stay united. Um, one of the things I talked about yesterday was the whole good and pleasant bit. Um, you know, it's, it is nice to be united. Uh, it's just a, a great environment to be in. Um, but one of the things that I, I didn't bring up is uh, that kind of the good and the pleasant bit. Um, uh, the good is kind of a moral thing. It's something that God requires for us. That's why it's, it's good. God only wants the best for us. And the pleasant bit is actually it's, it's something that we all want, really. We want to get on with each other. We want to be able to work together. We want to be able to um, encourage and build each other up. It's a kind of double thing that um, is both God and us. And I think that comes out in the whole sermon that it is about what God does and what we do, and that they play off together. 
just a little bit of Hebrew because, well, I've read the commentaries. Uh, the, the word for um, uh, pleasant here is actually the same Hebrew word that in verse two is translated as precious, which is quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, so that actually could be translated as how good and precious it is when brothers live together in unity. Um, that ties in, doesn't it, to the like the big theological theme of God's people in the Old Testament, and the people being together is is a sign of God's blessing, and that they're, they're separated quite often as they sort of wander off from the covenant. But but sort of covenant blessing looks like togetherness and being a gathered people. So it really is good and pleasant. It's a lot more pleasant than the alternative. That's right. It is. Indeed, it is. Um, And the the thing that I uh, picked up on is it says when they live together in UNC, it's not just kind of hang out occasionally, but they share life together. And um, so the the Hebrew uh, words, there are all the same kind of words that would be used when talking about family living together. And I think that's important when we, we look at this. This is not just kind of when um, the people of the church live spiritually together and are united spiritually. It is in some way sharing life together, not in each other's pockets, not kind of, you know, tripping over each other, but in some way doing life. And, and that's an important thing for us to pick up on. I don't think there are many churches that actually do that well. We kind of come together and then go off and do our own thing, but... I think we need to work harder at, in some way, doing life together. Um, Anything else on verse one before we move to verse two? Just really to pick up on what what you just said there, that that idea of living together, it's sort of that that joyfulness as well, isn't it, of their coming together for a particular thing and that sort of... um, yeah, just the enjoyment of one another as they come together to celebrate. That's right. And, and especially if they're on the road, you know, and, and people kind of join them on, the, on that journey to Jerusalem, uh, they'd have been encouraging each other, supporting each other, helping each other along, because uh, it would have been a treacherous journey. It would have been a difficult journey for many of them. Um, yeah, there is something there about that. That's doing life together, isn't it? You know, they were picking each other up when they needed us. They were celebrating together, all those kind of things. Uh, so let's go on to um, uh, verse, actually just one thing uh, in verse one. Uh, it does say about brothers, uh, which sounds incredibly sexist uh, today. Um, and it, in that context, it is brothers. Um, but there is absolutely no reason why for us it is not brothers and sisters. You know, it's a different context. Uh, anything that you want to say on that? <laughs> no, let's let that one pass. <laughs> uh, verse two, which is that uh, strange little thing about oil. Um, it is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, specifically down upon the collar of his robes. Do you want to kick off on that one? OK, so this this is echoing back uh, to Exodus to this moment of God's people sort of being constituted together as a people and and also the sort of um, beginnings of the priesthood. Um, And so it's really good to go back and have a look at that. But 
but it's echoing back to this time when God's people are all together. They're going into the promised land that God's setting them up. Um, and, and the priesthood, particularly Aaron, particularly is a sort of symbol of um, or its role is to, to draw the people together, to worship um, and to bring atoning sacrifices, to bring about forgiveness that helps them yeah. to live together in unity so it's it's a a worthwhile reference there back to the how do we live in in unity together well by drawing ourselves together by worshiping together and by living in a um, pattern of repentance and forgiveness that allows us to get along with each other yeah um, that's right Aaron's role in particular and uh, and where can people uh, read about Aaron is Exodus you said what chapter is that uh, so if you have a look at sort of chapters 29 and 30, you'll see all of the references to um, the priesthood beginning and how God commands them to do that and how the oil is made and all, all kinds of interesting details about how that looks. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's important to remember that when the psalmist writes this, Aaron was long dead. You know, that, 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 that was a few, quite a few hundred years ago from the time of writing. And um, so they're looking back to a symbolic moment, and that's that's key, isn't it? That there's a symbolic moment where that people are united around, essentially united around their faith. Yeah, it's that shared story that unites them, isn't it? Yeah, that makes it them a people. Yeah. yeah. And um, I talked yesterday about how oil was used, um, and we see it in Luke seven with Jesus, uh, how oil was used to kind of refresh people. Uh, and unity is refreshing and it is refreshing because it is so rare. You know, I think that's the thing we, we need to remember that even in church, uh, even things like political parties, we all know there is very little unity in those kind of places. Uh, but unity, real unity, uh, real sharing life together is refreshing and renewing and restorative. It's all of those things. Um, and that's what oil was useful. And uh, we see in, in all the stories where, because there's two different types of story, where a woman comes to anoint Jesus, where it talks about how the fragrance filled the house. Uh, and these oils would have been really fragrant. They, they were used to create a, a smell and an atmosphere. Uh, and, you know, we need to remember that unity creates the right atmosphere for people to thrive and for people to truly worship. Um, I think that's, that's one of the things that we need to remember that uh, we individualize things so much and the Bible actually makes it far more about the community rather than the individual. And we, we all play a part in when we're together and we're united, then that's, that's unique and it's rare and it's special. So it's a brilliantly extravagant picture as well, isn't it? Of this oil like pouring yeah. down onto his beard and his clothes. And um, I don't know if, if people listening will have ever been anointed with oil really, but um, but when even just anointed, like if, even if you just have a cross on your forehead, you can feel it there on your skin, even sort of after you've had it on for a few hours, you can still feel this little patch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you walk around and, and there's sort of a um yeah it, it's something that you carry with you that sense of of being anointed is yeah. something that you feel and carry around with you for that it is 
And yeah, that's, I actually don't like being anointed with oil. I really don't like the feel of that. So that this whole image just leaves me feeling like, you know, it's like, <laughs> you've got oil all over my hair. You know, I just wouldn't want that. And yet in, in a different culture and a different time, it was seen as a good thing. And, um, you know, it's just alien to us, isn't it? I just want another thing to pick up here, uh, but the three times it talks about coming down um, and also comes in verse three as well. Um, and we're reminded that I think that unity is something that comes down from God. It's not something that's simply a horizontal thing that we try to work towards. It is, a, as I said on Sunday, a gift from God. He gives us unity, binds us together. And we have to maintain that unity and make every effort to keep that unity. Should we move on to verse three? Let's. Because the image changes now. <laughs> so um, do you want to go first again? Because uh, people have heard me talk about, well, actually, they haven't heard me talk about some of this, but go on, you go first. Herman and Zion and you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What's going on? We've got getting mountains. We've got yeah. mountains now. <laughs> yeah, I always love a mountain image. Um, so I had a little look at where Mount Herman and Mount Zion are geographically. Um, Mount Herman is in the north of Israel and Zion is in the south bit of yeah. Israel. And so there's, there's just geographically something about the bringing together of the, the sort of best of both worlds, um, which which reminded me of that good disagreement idea or or the kind of thing of it being a, both a gift from God and something that we work on. It's bringing something together. Um, and so there's this, this beautiful sort of um, this dew that that you get in in Mount Hermon that's that's much more sort of fertile and fruitful and and Zion, Mount Zion's really on getting close to the edge of the desert and so it's much drier and yeah. um you know less less wet and fruitful and the, there's something of that bringing together that blessing as mm. the people come together in Zion yeah that's right and, and it, it would have been a powerful image for people who, who revered Mount Zion because that was a place where so much happened for them. And yet it, was, it would have been quite a dry, arid place. And as you say, Mount Hermon, which was uh, well known for its dew and it was sometimes snow in the winter. Um, if that was there on Zion, what, what that would have been like, you know, that would have been an incredible thing. Um, it would have been refreshing for Zion in the same way that unity is refreshing for us. Um, and, and again, we've got that image of coming down. Uh, so uh, in the NIV, it says, as if the Jew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. It's exactly the same Hebrew words as what's in verse two. Um, it, it's all about something coming down. And that's, that's the unity that God gives us. Uh, and then um, there's the final phrase. For there the Lord bestows, or, or depending on what version you read, commands. It's quite a strong word. Because what the Lord speaks happens. And if the Lord's going to speak blessing over our unity, then we know then we will be blessed. Um, anything you want to say about that last line? Just, just to pick up again that thing that it, 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 it's something that God gives. God gives his blessing for this. It's not something that we can um, bless, but it's it's something God given. Um, and that it 
it brings about, like you say, that refreshing life and life forevermore is where it ends, isn't it? This is something that is part of our sort of eternal journey with God is, is being united. And um, it brings to mind that, that sort of picture of when we're unhappy with other Christians, <laughs> um, you know, we are going to be stuck with these people in the long term. So finding a way to be united to one another in all of our diversity and all of our difference is actually really valuable. That's right. Because when we die, all our um, weirdness doesn't magically go away. No. We are who we are in lots of ways. You know, <laughs> but, yeah. And I think, I think the thing I struggled with on this verse was the life forevermore bit. Because it's almost like the implication is all we have to do is be one and we've got eternal life. And I, and I really don't believe that's what it's saying. Um, because our eternal life comes from what Jesus did, not our unity. Um, so at, at the, where I came to in the end was uh, the Hebrew word for life has this idea of quality of life. Uh, rather than as like a, a quantity of life. Um, so it was more about Jesus, like Jesus promised that we will have life and life in all its fullness. Um, that there is a, a different kind of quality to our lives when we are living in unity to each other. And that will last forever because we will be with these people forever. Um, so that's the kind of way I worked through that little bit because um, on its own, it just stood out for me as a little bit, wow, that's a little bit difficult to work through. You know, what what were we saying about that? Uh, so for me, it was in the end about a quality of life that we get out of unity that actually we can't get in any other way. So should we um, think about uh, application points on this and go a little bit wider? It's quite a simple psalm, isn't it? It's making one point really you know, the need to maintain unity. And so the simple application is we work for unity. Um, but the thing that comes out in this is that it is a gift from God. And, and that is expressed all the way through the New Testament as well, that our unity is a gift. It's just that we need to work at it because unity is easily lost. Uh, and if you could imagine what church would look like in a if everyone was united, then even conflict would be different, wouldn't it? Because it would, it's not like unity creates an absence of conflict. It would just be that conflict would be handled differently. What do you think, Beck? Yeah, so that picks up what I was saying earlier about how we disagree well um, and that we, we discuss and we accept and we listen. Um, and that in the end, if we can't come to an agreement that we hold one another together yeah. just because we're part of God's people and part of that family of faith. And so those, this is sort of the bigger thing that, that takes over some of the littler things that we might have disagreements about, even if they are quite big things in themselves, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, how, how can we disagree well to preserve unity? How do we kind of approach those who are different to us or have different views to us so that we um, allow them to fully express what they believe and what their sort of journey is 
and allow them to journey alongside us as we work it out together. Um, I think a really important part of this is how we, how we pray for one another as well. So, you know, Jesus prays for unity. Part yeah. of how we preserve unity with one another is to pray for each other um, and to seek God's blessing for each other. Um, and then, you know, in doing that, we, we sort of pull ourselves into line, if you like, with God's yeah. will for each of us to, to be the best version that we can be of, of ourselves, of who he created us to be yeah and to draw closer to to who he's designed us to be and um, because we're all on that journey aren't we yeah um so i think the really important part of that is we can't live separate from the people of god we've got to be part of a family of faith um unity is very easy if you're just sat on your own <laughs> um it's a bit more of a challenge when you're you've got to be united to somebody or something yeah. else um, and so how we live alongside one another, how we be part of that family and, and press in rather than and drop out when we find something that we disagree with or we find difficult. Um, I think it's a really important thing for us yeah. in our discipleship journey to learn to disagree well, to cope well when we don't feel like we want to be united to something and to, and to work through those things because it makes us... Um, kind of encounter God in those situations that's right and you know I think the 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 whole thing that you said about not being um apart from the family of God um you know we've all been apart from the family of God really over the last 18 months you know many people still struggling with that um and we found I don't know about you but you know I'm an introvert Uh, I like to be on my own but even I found that difficult to be apart from church um yeah, I was really looking forward to just being together again because there is something special in that place. Um, it is it is unique, it is important for us, and we need to hold on to that and never give that up. You know that we um, we just kind of shrug our shoulders and say, "Well, I'll just go online or I'll just um, not do anything." You know, because that happens a lot. Uh, I think the other point that I want to bring out is. Um, that if we want to see revival and renewal in the church, then we need unity, don't we? You know, it's, I think the thing about the psalm is, uh, especially with that image Aaron, who was the high priest and almost at the centre of the renewal of the the Israelite faith, that um, unity was key to that. And unity is still important. If we're to see revival, if we're to see renewal in the church, then... We need unity. God blesses unity. God will pour down his blessing on a group of people who are truly united. Should we uh, give them some questions to think about? Let's have a look. Let's do that. Okay, so some questions for you. Um, So I would love you to have a look at Leviticus 8, which gives us um, more of a description of um, Aaron being anointed with oil and um, ordained as the high priest. Um, Perhaps you'd like to have a little read of that together and talk about what, imagine the scene, what would it look like? What would it smell like? What would it feel like to be um, there as that all happened? And, And what um, how would you feel about that role that was being taken on to sort of unite God's people together um, and, and help them to live in unity? 
Great. Okay. Uh, I also want to, you to use your imagination uh, and move from the people of Israel to the church uh, and imagine what would church look like if we were really truly united. Just kind of just imagine things. Just kind of play it over in your minds, and you know, from the worship to PCC meetings to uh, our mission and ministry, all that kind. Of, what could it look like if we were truly united? Okay, so being practical then, um, what does it take to get to a place of living in unity? How would we need to respond to one another? Uh, how would we need to act? What might we need to change so that we would live well together? Great. Uh, our mind kind of builds on that. The last question is, is far more personal. Uh, what are the things that you think are within you that stop you getting closer to others because in the end that's that's the barrier isn't it that stops us from really being united from sharing life all that kind of stuff we all have those things uh so let's just be real about it let's be authentic and and just talk about those things and then you can pray for each other uh, and pray for god to make us all whole great Beck, thank you so much. It's always good to chat. And um, do please join us uh, on Sunday. Uh, hopefully the online service will go out on time next week. If I'm not doing it, it'll be fine. Uh, and join us again for Deeper next Tuesday. So until then, stay safe and we will see you soon. Goodbye. See you soon. Bye.